God's people with your host, Dennis Beard. My glory, God said, will I not share it with another? Isaiah 42, 8. But yet in John 17, Jesus prays to the Father. So the same glory you've given me, give I unto them. Well, it seems like a direct contradiction in the Word of God, but it's not. We need to understand what Jesus is praying to the Father on our behalf. My glory, God said, I will not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. And that means any, any creature, be it an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, does not and cannot have that glory given to them that belongs to God. He alone is God and we are not. We give our glory, glory, praise, honor, kingdom of God is his. So we give him praise. It's his glory. Any man that seeketh, speaketh of himself, seeketh his own glory. But he that speaketh of him that sent him, there's no unrighteousness in him. What did Jesus mean there? And we're quoting in John 17, Jesus stating there a prayer that we might be one, one with the Lord God. And he says that to the uh, Father praying on our behalf, the body of Christ, and he says that, and now, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Now, that glory he had is as the Father. Jesus is the Father of glory. And because he will share his glory with no one, Jesus is that spirit. We see that in Philippians 2, verse 5 through 8. Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. The form of God is spirit. And that glory is Jesus Christ, that is the Spirit of God. And he said, that glory, glorify thou me, that is in the days of Jesus' flesh. God manifest in the flesh. But in his humble estate, in his humiliated estate, emptied out of glory, made of no reputation, he says, now, Father, glorify me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. That is John 17, 5. He's going back to the glory that he had made himself of no reputation, laying aside his glory, and he's taking it all back. Now, very important. And he goes on to expound on that. Verse 6, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, they were yours, Father, and thou gavest them me, the Son. And they have kept thy word. They've kept your word. The words, Jesus said in John 14, that I speak are not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. Believe me there that I'm in my Father, my Father in me, or else believe me for the work's sake. He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, opened blind eyes, loosed the dumb tongues, the lame walked, and captive went free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. The works there 
so that Jesus, the man of the man that he is in an empty state of glory, the Father that's dwelling in him, housing permanently in him, dwelling in him, he's the one doing those works. Manifest kingdom of God. Jesus said, If I will with the finger of God cast out devils, know ye the kingdom of God's come nigh unto you. The kingdom of God is in power. And that was demonstrated. And he says, For now they know all things. That's all truth. Whatsoever thou hast given me are of you. For I have given unto them the words that thou gave me. And they have received them and have known surely that I come out from you. And they have believed that thou, you, didst send me. What did he said? He sent his word. Jesus said, the words that I speak are not mine. He is the word. And the words that Jesus proclaimed, he said, were not mine, but the Father that dwelleth in me. And now he said, they believed your word. And he goes on and says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. All the ones that believe in God belong to God. And he goes on and says, all of mine are thine. In other words, all that are mine that follow me are yours, Father. And thine are mine. Mine are yours and yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. Now, wait a minute. God said in Isaiah 42, 8, I'll share my glory with no one. Neither give my praise to graven images. And yet Jesus is saying, that glory is given unto the body of Christ. He's glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. Jesus is expedient that I go away, for if I go not away, the comfort of the Holy Ghost will not come. For out of our belly, the body of Christ, shall flow rivers of living waters. This Jesus spake of the Holy Ghost, which was not yet given then in the days of his flesh, because he had not yet been glorified. Then he says, he said, I come to you, Father. Holy Father, keep through thine own name, the name of the Father, Jesus. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Now, one with the Spirit of God? Or... Are we talking about that same spirit, that we will be the spirit of God, that we'll be God? Or will we be like Jesus in the days of his flesh that he became one of us? Now, we need to keep reading. He said, Jesus speaking, while I was with them, that is in the world, that is the believers that have believed and followed me, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name, thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come out of thee. Now he's going back to the father, 
to be glorified with the Father's own self with the same glory he had with him before the world was. We're talking glory. Now I come unto thee, and these things I speak in the world, that thou, that they, the body of Christ, might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now watch what Jesus says in verse 14. I have given them thy word, not my word, your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Then he goes on and says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, set them aside for the kingdom of God, called to be saints, which is sanctified holy, both spirit, soul, and body. Sanctify them through thy truth, Thy word is truth. He goes on. And we have to be sanctified, set apart for God, called to be saints. And for their sakes, as thou hast sent me into the world, that's the word, not a body of flesh and blood sent from heaven, but the word, God himself, in his expression office, the word, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Through what? Sanctify them through thy truth, the word. They have the word of God. They're not the word, but they have the word. And for their sakes, Jesus said, I sanctify myself. He's talking about not the word sanctify, the word is God. But I sanctify myself That's the body of flesh and blood that God, the Lord Jesus Christ, has made himself of no reputation, laid aside his glory, and took on him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man, one of us, our kinsman redeemer. And he says, for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that is my body of flesh and blood, the human that I am, that I have taken on by making myself of no reputation, taken on the form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, found in fashion as a man. I sanctify this body of flesh and blood that they also might be sanctified through the truth, through the word, by receiving that word of God and walking in the light as he's in the light, by living by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He said, neither pray I for these alone, but for them which also shall believe on me through their word. They kept my word, they'll keep your word. And the generations following that received the word of God in sanctification by their spirit, soul, and body being sanctified through the word of God. He said, I pray for them also, not just for the ones that have believed on Jesus while he was in the world, but for all those that will come and believe on after. Why? 
that they all may be one. Now, the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world in Ephesians 1 has been to gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus. We can only get there in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, and by Christ Jesus. No man can come to the Father except by him. And he's praying to the Father that the will of God would be done, gathering all things together in one in Christ Jesus. And he explains that, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in thee. You're in me and I'm in you that they also may be one in us. The us there is not two persons. It's the Spirit of God that Jesus is. In the days of his flesh, the servant made in the likeness of men, which is the Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. And that is the revelation of Christ. If any man has not that revelation of Christ, he has not God. 2 John 9. If you have the revelation of Christ, that Christ is the Father, Christ is the Son, then you understand the doctrine of Christ. 1 John 2.22. Who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that hath denied both the Father. Well, why would it deny the Father? Because Christ is the Father. He is that Spirit, the invisible Spirit of God. And he's also denied the Son. Why? Because the Son is the invisible Spirit of God made manifest, revealed in a body of flesh and blood. And he says that as we are one, and I'm in you and you in me, that they also may be one in us, that is both functions of the one Spirit of God. Not two persons, but one person. What is that and how can it be? Because Christ is the Father, Christ is the Son, and Christ is Christ. The us there is the Spirit of God manifest in the body of Christ. But why would he say us? Because Jesus has not yet been glorified. Now hear me. He hasn't been glorified yet. Therefore, there is a wall of partition. The law being a wall of partition that divides Jesus the Spirit from Jesus the man, from Christ the Spirit versus Christ the man. We know that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, that the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them did testify. The Spirit of Christ is God, that Spirit the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, which it did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. Now that Christ, the Spirit, has made himself a body of flesh and blood, made in under the law, made of a woman, made in under the law, Galatians 4 verse 4. The wall of partition, the law, is still there. Therefore, the Son of God, being a man emptied out of glory, 
and the Spirit of God, which is the Spirit, the glory of God. He's glorifying his own human back to himself until he receives the full glory, of which he will not receive until he has death, buried, and resurrected and been glorified back with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. With the glory he had before the world was, before he laid it aside, made himself of no reputation. He had worn it all back in glorification. The man, but Jesus is speaking in the days of his flesh, in his humiliated state, as our kinsman redeemer, in our stead. That law is still there. He hasn't died yet. He hasn't taken the ordinances of that law yet and nailed it to his cross, thereby breaking down the middle wall of partition. So the us is Jesus as the spirit, but the wall's still there. So it speaks of his flesh as a man because he has to pray to the father because that wall of partition that parts God from mankind is still there. Even though God's manifest in the flesh, God is still a wall of partition between his own body of flesh. Now, Christ is praying before he goes to the Father, glorified with the Father's own self, and sends his spirit back, Christ in us, a hope of glory. He's praying for us. He's praying for the body of Christ. He's praying for us as uh, the body of the Christ that are still in the world, even though we're not of the world, but we're in the world. And he's making that plain, that they also may be one in us, that is both in the Father and in the Son, as two individual specific offices of that one spirit. There is only one spirit there. The Father is the invisible spirit. The Son is the invisible spirit made visible, but only the same spirit. The world may believe, why? That the world may believe that you, God, has sent me the Son of God, which is the Word made flesh. Now watch verse 22, and the glory. We're talking glory here. In John 17, 5, Jesus is going back to the Father to be glorified with the Father's own self, sitting down with the Father in his throne, not beside it, not around it, in it, Revelation 3, 21. Glorified with the Father's own self, John 17, 5. But now he's praying for the glory that will be revealed in us, the body of Christ. And we see that in verse 22. And the glory which thou hast given me in the days of his flesh, very important, not as the father of glory, but in the humiliated state as our kinsman redeemers, one of us. That glory that Jesus had in the days of his flesh as a man received from the father of glory, the spirit that he is, he wants that same glory to be revealed in the body of Christ, us. And the glory which thou gavest me, that is, in a humiliated state, glorifying his own human back to himself, the working power of the Holy Ghost, I have given them, 
What is that glory? The glory of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that is in the days, not as Jesus as the spirit, but Jesus as the man, Christ Jesus, emptied out of glory, being one with us, our kinsman redeemer, that will die, be buried, and rise again for our perpetuation, dying in our stead as a man. That is the glory we have, not as God, the Father, but as Jesus in his humiliated state as the Son of God, the man, Christ Jesus. That same glory that he had from the Father in the days of his flesh, that's very important, that same glory he's given us. Why? That they may be one even as we are one. Well, how are they one? Well, they have the Spirit of God. God is that Spirit. And Jesus, even though he's a man, God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Why is that? Because Jesus is that Spirit manifest in that body of flesh and blood. Now, that short circuits to a lot of the natural mind. Why? Because we think the man Christ Jesus is the Son of God in one person, and then the Father, that's another person, which is biblically incorrect. We see that in Isaiah 42, and we see it there in Isaiah 43 and 44. Isaiah states that he is God alone. God is one, the Holy One of Israel, not two, not a binary, and certainly not a trinity. In Isaiah 43.10, he said, Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and my servant, whom I have chosen. Well, it certainly, in the natural mind, sounds like it's another person whom I have chosen. But God is going to give us the revelation. The Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the Spirit of God, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand. Not denominations, not through seminaries, not through doctors of divinities and PhDs of theology, but believe God, that you may know, believe me, and understand it. That I am he, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, God Almighty is that servant. And the glory that we're receiving is as Jesus had in the days of his flesh. Not that we're glorified God, but we're glorified in the body of Christ with Christ in us. We're not Christ, but Christ is in us, the body of Christ. We're not God, but we're adopted sons and daughters of God through the word, through sanctification unto truth, and sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. There's no other way. And Jesus there says that they be made perfect in one. How? That they, even as we are one, that is the Father and the days of his flesh, the Son, which is Isaiah 43, 10, before me there was no God formed, neither shall they after me. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. Now Jesus is going back to the Father, and now we, individual members of the body of Christ are the body of the Christ. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. 
Christ in you, the hope of glory. God now, through his death, burial, and resurrection, has been glorified back with the glory that he had before he laid it off to become a man. And now he says, now I want them, the body of Christ, to have the same glory that I had in the days when I was in flesh, when in the days of God's own flesh. I want them to have the same glory I had as a man. Why? What's he doing here? And he states that in verse 23, I and them in the body of Christ and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Watch it now. He's praying to the Father because the law is still there, the middle wall of partition. Even though it's God manifest in the flesh, the flesh is praying to the Father simply because the middle wall of partition, the law is still there and will be there as a wall of separation until Jesus takes those ordinances of that law and nails it to his cross. Then he'll break down that middle wall of partition. Then the body, Jesus Christ, as in our stead, will be glorified back with the Spirit of God that he is and always has been in glory before he made himself of no reputation to become a man. He's taking all that glory back. He's sitting down with the Father in that throne. Revelation 3.21, all power in heaven and earth given unto him, Matthew 28.18. Now he says, Father, verse 24, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. Well, where is he? Well, Jesus in the body is set at the right hand of God. In my throne, my power, a glorified man, Christ Jesus. We see it in Revelation 3.21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, this body of flesh and blood in my glorification, a body of flesh and bone, the blood been shed, a flesh and bone as Jesus had ascended up to heaven and set on the right hand of God, not for himself, but to usward, fulfilling this prayer that where Jesus is, the body of Christ can be there also, will be there also. That's power. That's a state of a positional power. Set, little S-I-T, set, position. Sit down with me in my throne that they may be where I am. We're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus as the body of Christ, not spirit God, we're not the spirit. We're not God. But a highest level of glory that we're made a little lower than the angels, but in final glorification, we'll be above the angels. We will judge angels. The glory right then, right now that the body of Christ has is through God manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. Scene of angels preached unto the Gentiles, received up into glory, believed on in the world, the world, and the ones that believe 
now are set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 1. Just as Jesus asked that they may be where I am. Where is he? Well, the body is at the right hand of God. That's a place I prepared for you, but not for Jesus. Where? Where did you go, Jesus? You did that for us, that where you are and glorified body of flesh and bone. You made that place for us. We're set together in heavenly places in you. Where did you go? Jesus said, even as I overcame and am set, not S-I-T, not set and positionally, but set, S-E-T, a settled state of glory. Always has been, always will be. Set down with my Father in his throne. All power in heaven and earth given in him. In other words, now he's gone back to that man is that spirit. Not a spirit man, not a body of flesh and blood, still just glorified, but a quickening spirit. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The second Adam, the last Adam, 1 Corinthians 15, 45, and Jesus' glorification, that last Adam is made a quickening spirit. He is that spirit of God, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. The Lord is that spirit, the spirit of God, the Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, El Shaddai, Elohim, all, all the Jehovah title Jesus is from the loft at the top, the Alpha to the Omega, the beginning to the ending, which is, was, and has come, the Almighty God. He said, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, where at the highest level, at the set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What he brought to usward when he set him at his own right hand in heavenly places is Ephesians 1. He did that for us. But he's always been God. And he went back to the glory of the Father. To glorify with the Father's own self. John 17, 5. Now he's doing this for us, the body of Christ. The glory that we have is not his spirit. We'll never be God. But we'll be adopted sons and daughters of God. And that being when we have the manifested sons of God to wit the redemption of our bodies, our vile body fashioned like unto his glorious body. We get to that body where that body glorified, the body. We're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh in that body. In the days of his flesh, he, the body of God. Now he went back to the father, glorified the father's own self. Now we are the body of God. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the body of the Christ. We are that Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're that body of Christ. Christ in us. Not that we're Christ, but Christ is in us. Why? That they may be with me where I am, at the right hand, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. He's been glorified by the Father's own self. Now take a look at it. In 2 Corinthians 3, it says that God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. What do you see there? The glory of God. How much? The glory of the Father. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus is that father. We see it on the Mount of Transfiguration. Second Peter 1, he says there that Peter said, we saw his majesty on the Mount of Transfiguration. We saw the aloft of the top, everything God is, was, or ever will be, manifest, breaking through Jesus' face, shone as it were the sun. That is God Almighty. They see the Spirit of God that Jesus really is, in essence, even though he's in a humiliated state, one of us, the Spirit of God, the Father of glory, breaks through the majesty of God, and Jesus' face shone as it were the sun. His garments were glistening all the way down to his feet. That's Jesus only. And that same glory that the Father is, is now given back to the man that has entered in, who only hath immortality. Now he is dwelling in the light which no man, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Peter, James, John, no man can enter into nor see nor can see. That's Jesus. He's God, always has been God, and always will be God. He made himself a body of flesh and blood. We see that in Philippians 2, 6 through 8. He makes himself of no reputation as spirit, takes upon him the form of a servant. That servant is God. We see it in Isaiah 43, 10. And made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, given him a name that is above every name. That is, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory. How high glory? To the glory of the Father. He went to the glory of the Father. Glorified with God's, uh, the Father's own self, John 17, 5, with the glory he had before he laid it aside. He's always been God. He laid it aside, become a man. Now, after death, burial, and resurrection, and paying the price for us and taking the ordinance of that law, nailing it to his cross, breaking down the middle wall of partition, thereby making peace between God and all mankind, for those that will believe, then glorified with the Father's own self, going back to that form of glory, where he's always been God and always will be God. We see that in John 2, Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Jesus said, 46 years were they building this temple, and you're going to raise it up in three days? Jesus spake of the temple of his body. He raised, he is that spirit, he raised his own body from the grave, from the tomb, proving that he is the son of God, declared to be the son of God through the spirit by the resurrection from the dead, proving that he is God because no man can raise up his own body except he be God. And that's exactly what Jesus did. In Isaiah 43, 10, Thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, sounds like to, but it's not, that you may know and believe me and understand. This is the understanding of God, how he works salvation in and of himself alone, that Christ, the Spirit, is Christ the man, and he did it all by himself. By himself purged our sins, set down, on the right hand of the majesty on high. What did God say? To the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. 
a scepter of righteousness, a scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And it goes on. That's Jesus Christ, who became one of us by being God, making himself of no reputation, to take on a lower form of a servant. Who is the servant? Isaiah 43.10. God says, that servant is me. I am he. I am that servant. And I want you to understand that. I don't want you to uh, be deceived through denominational teachings or seminary or uh, tradition of the elders that made the word of God in that effect. I want you to know. I want you to know and believe me. Not in us, not a trinity, but believe me and understand. I want you to understand the Godhead, that I am that God, that servant, and the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Spirit, and that servant that you can see, that I am He. The Lord Jehovah God Almighty is that servant. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God said, I formed myself a body of flesh and blood. Now, during the days of His flesh, that wall of partition, that law was there. So even though God had made himself a body of flesh and blood, the law being there, God literally was separate from his own human because the law had not been fulfilled yet. And the middle wall of partition had not been broken down yet because Jesus had not paid the price of the shedding of blood. So therefore, in the days of his flesh, Jesus has to pray to the Father in our stead for our propitiation, for us. And he's praying for us here, the body of Christ. He goes back, glorified by the Father's own self, sat down with the Father in his throne. That's not another. It's not another spirit. That's not other uh, God Jr. That's not a second person of the Godhead. That's the same spirit, not another. So therefore, Jesus said, I am God, thy Savior, the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. There is no trinity. There is no binary. There is no oneness. There is Jesus only, the blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, 1 Timothy 6.15, who only hath their mortality. Who? Jesus Christ. Dwelling in the light, which no man, no other man, why couldn't, why could this man do it? Because he's God. You can bow down before this man, Christ Jesus, even as a baby in the days of his flesh and not be an idolatry because he's God. He's always been God and always will be God. Even though he's in a humiliated state, he's made himself of no reputation. He didn't cease and desist from being God. He didn't vacate heaven. He's manifest in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. Born in the city of David, Christ the Lord. That's who he is. God with us. Isaiah 7, 14, a virtue conceit, bring forth a son, call his name Emmanuel, the wonderful counsel, the mighty God, the everlasting father. He is the everlasting father, the mighty God. That's who he is. Now, true, he's in, in the days of his flesh, and humble state, one of us, a kinsman redeemer, to redeem us. But after he finishes that work, and he makes reconciliation for us, this sinful world, taking away the sin, sin of this world, 
then he breaks down that middle wall of partition. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, declaiming that he is the Son of God and declared to be, then he's glorified with the Father's own self, set down with the Father in that throne. He is the Father of glory, Declare, declaring it to be so by his glorification. And then, said, I will not leave you coverless. Jesus said, I will come to you. He came to us on the day of Pentecost. That is Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory, which is the Father in you. Someone said, well, I didn't know it was the Father in us. Well, there's one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's above all, Father of us all and in us all, the Father. The Holy Ghost, which is the Father, which is God himself. So therefore, Jesus is praying for us for the glory that he had in the days of his flesh. Very important that he is still in his humiliated state when he said that same glory I give to them. Because God said in Isaiah 42, 8, my glory I'll give them, I'll share it with no one. I will not give my praise to graven images. You can't bow down before a member in the body of Christ without being in idolatry because we're not God. Howbeit, we have the Spirit of God, though we can worship God, we can worship the Lord Jesus Christ, even as a baby, and not be in idolatry, because he is God. Always has been God and always will be God. Now, there, there is the revelation of Christ. But for us to receive that glory, that glory that he had in the days of his flesh, because we're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, and he raised and exalted that body, that human that he is, to his right hand. That's not a physical right hand of Kyr, H-E-I-R, but it is dexios and exaltation to there the highest rate that we can be in glory without being God. We'll never be the spirit of God, but we're sons of God, daughters of God have the kingdom of God in us. Thine, not ours, but God himself. Thine is the kingdom, honor, glory, and power, and dominion forever. His is, not us. He only has immortality. Somebody said, well, we have immortality. It's not yours. He is the life. We have life through him, by him, in him, but we're not the life. Jesus is the life. And he's going on and saying, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am. I want them to see that glory where I'm at. I want them to be at my right hand. That's us, the body of Christ. We see it in Ephesians 1. That they may be, behold my glory. What glory? The glory of the Father. That's the reason Jesus said in John 16, when the Holy Ghost comes, he will reprove the world of righteousness. Why? Because I go to my Father. I'm not around him. I go to him. I'm set down with the Father in his throne. Revelation 3.21. What glory do we see? God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. It's not of ourselves. We are not God. The sons of God are adopted sons and daughters of God. We're not God, but we're adopted in it through him, by his spirit, through his spirit, by the Lord Jesus Christ, him alone. 
the Lord is that spirit. He is. 2 Corinthians 3.17. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We understand, understand therefore that liberty wherein Christ has made us free. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The Lord is that spirit. And it says we all with open face. Face is the glory. Face always in the word of God is the glory. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. That's the reason Jesus' face shown as it were the sun on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17. 2 Peter 1, Jesus said we, uh, uh, Peter said we saw his majesty. We saw Jesus' majesty, God Almighty, the Father of glory, the Spirit of God shone through him. We saw the majesty. We saw the everlasting Father. We saw the mighty God. We saw God as light that came through Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. And uh, this he's telling there at that point, praying to the Father for us on our behalf, he said that they may behold my glory, the glory that Jesus was glorified by the Father's own self, going back with the glory he had before the world was. He later decided to become one of us, but they took it all back. That's what he told Pilate. He said, what and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend back up to heaven where he was before. Not a body of flesh and blood. It wasn't a body of flesh and blood up there before. The Spirit was, just as Jesus said in John 3, 13. No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven, and standing right there before his disciples, because he's God even in his humiliated state, to become one of us. But he's working salvation as a man. A man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Jesus is praying here as a man to the Father of glory because he has not been glorified yet. Now he says, those which you, the Father, has given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. What? Loved him before the found. What is that? The word, wisdom. These are not persons. What do you see in Proverbs 8? Personal pronouns, singular personal pronouns, I, wisdom. I was daily his delight. Well, God is wisdom. His delight is God, but wisdom is not a second person. It's an attribute. And that's where people miss it. They think an attribute is another person. I wisdom. I was daily his delight. Proverbs 8. I wisdom dwell with prudence. Prudence is not another person. It's another attribute of that one spirit. God is love. That's another attribute. God is power. That's another attribute. With me, wisdom said, with me is understanding. That's another attribute. Each of the attributes of God, when God said, let us make man in our own image, he was speaking of his attributes, wisdom, knowledge, understanding, love, power, in the likeness and image of God. If God hadn't said, let us, and all of his attributes come forth, then we would be lacking. For example, if God said, let us make man in our own image, plural personal pronoun, Genesis 1.26, Love came forward. If love had not came forward, mankind could not love. Adam could not love. If wisdom had came forward, then Adam would have no wisdom. 
Understanding came forward. Prudence came forward. Power came forward. Every one of the attributes of God came forward. Peace came forward. Everything God is came forward, and it was good. Only God is good. Well, somebody said, well, I was taught that was a trinity. Well, that's uh, there to your, you're calling attributes persons, which is totally in an error, biblically wrong. Well, you see that in Genesis 1, So God made man in his own image, singular personal pronoun, male and female created he them, singular personal pronoun, proving that the attributes of God are but one, one spirit. Genesis 1, Jesus is doing the same here, praying for us to be one with him. And he says there, O righteous Father, the world hath not known you. They'll never know the Father of glory. In the last days, John 16, they'll deliver you up out of the synagogues, out of the churches. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think that he did God a service. Why? Because they will do this unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. If you'd have known the Father, you'd have known Jesus is the Father, not the Son of God, who is a separate person from the Father, but the Son of God, who is the Father revealed, manifest in a body of flesh and blood in the days of his flesh. That is the true Jesus, the true Christ. There he says, O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee. We find the same thing over again. Pharisees made that mistake. They came to Jesus in John 8. John 8, 13. They said, Jesus, you bear record of yourself. Your record's not true. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, my record is true. I'm not alone. You think I'm alone, but I'm not. Well, he said, I'm one that bear record of myself. And my father that sent me, he bears record of me. Oh, wait a minute. Record? Well, we have to go, what is record? Well, 1 John 5, 7. There's three that bear record in heaven. The Pharisees said, well, you're only one. So you can't bear record of yourself. You're only one person. But Jesus stated, now watch this. There's three that bear record in heaven. John stated that in 1 John 5, 7. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. They're not in a hypostatic union. That is a non-biblical term. That's some uh, self-righteous thought that they had it worked out in their physical, intellectual, foolish mind. I hate to say that, but that's true. And thought that this is the ecumenical council and this synod, that this is a trinity. Wrong. Oh, a heaven and hell wrong. Well, why? Because we must believe that he is. And we see that in John 8, 13. He said, Jesus, you bear record yourself. Your record is not true. Jesus knows that that takes two to bear record. Watch what he says. Now, we know that that in 1 John 5, 7, there's three that bear record in heaven, the Father, Word, and Holy Ghost. These three are one. Not whom, not in a hypostatic union, but are one. H-E-I-S, meaning the exact same spirit. The Father is that spirit, administrative office. 
The Word is that Spirit. Same one. Expression. Expression, office of the Spirit. It reveals God's thought, plan, and purpose. Still that same Spirit. The Holy Ghost, the power office of that same Spirit. Not a different Spirit. As three that bear record in heaven say that's a trinity. No, it's not. It's three functions of the Spirit of God, which of their hundreds of attributes. It's the attributes of God. Father's administrative office of the Spirit. Word is expression office of the Spirit. Uh, the Holy Ghost power office of the Spirit. Then there's wisdom, prudence, uh, understanding. All of these are very love. God is jealous. All of these are attributes of God. And they bear record as one spirit. Well, that's the Pharisee said, Jesus, you bear record yourself. Back to John 8, 13, your record's wrong. It's not true. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, myself, the man Christ Jesus, yet my record is true because I'm not alone. Well, they didn't see anybody standing there. The world just does not get it. The world doesn't get it. The wicked cannot understand these things. They go to a Trinity church and think they're okay. They don't get it. But you that have the wisdom of God, the power of God and salvation, you get it because the wise will understand these things. The wicked cannot understand these things. It's just that simple. If you understand the doctrine of Christ, thank God that he's given you wisdom, understanding, power to understand these things through the Holy Ghost, through a broken and contrite spirit, a hungry heart seeking God. He's given it to you. Not because of your righteousness or holiness, but because you seek God with all your heart. He gives it to you. Well, Jesus goes on and says, it's written in your law. Now, here we go. And we're back to John 8 again. It's written in your law, the testimony. Now, he goes from record to testimony. This is the testimony of Jesus. It's written in your testimony and your law. The testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness. Now, he goes to the Testimony and the witness, you have to have everything settled in the mouth or to have two or three witnesses. And Jesus states that. He says, it's written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. Two men. Well, they think, well, they've got him because there's only one physical man standing there. And Jesus said, I am one that bear witness of myself. There's your two witnesses in Revelation 11. He gives you that right there. I'm one that bear witness of myself. That's the body, a physical body of flesh and blood. They can touch, handle, and see, talking with him as a physical man. And my father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. And they said, wait a minute. Uh-uh. Where's your father? We don't see another physical being around here because you don't understand that the man, not a human, not a man in a humus body, a dirt body, but man is the spirit of God himself. That's what you see in John 3, 13. No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the son of man, which is in heaven. What is the man that came down from heaven? The spirit man, God himself. And that was the man, the father of glory, which Jesus said, 
bears witness of me. The words that I speak are not mine. The Father dwelling in me. He's the one doing the works. He's the one doing all this, miracles and healings, raising the dead, doing all that. It's the Father. The words that I speak are not mine. I'm giving you the Father's word. In a body of flesh and blood as the Son of God. Emmanuel, God with us. God manifest in the flesh. Not a son of God manifest in the flesh. God manifest in the flesh. Many err at that truth. And Jesus stated there, it's written in your law, the testimony of two men is true. I'm one that bear witness of myself. My father that sent me, he beareth witness of me. There's your two witnesses. As your two witnesses of Revelation 11. That's the way the two witnesses will always be. They said, where is your father? They don't get it. They just don't get it. Where is your father? We don't see anything but you, Jesus. Well, that's the problem. They don't see it. Jesus said, you're from beneath. I'm from above. You're of this world. I'm not of this world. He's telling them right there. He said, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. They didn't get it, though. Moreover, Jesus spake these words in the treasury. No man laid hands on him because his hour was not yet come. And Jesus said, I go my way. And whether I go, you cannot come. They said, will he kill himself? Because he said, whether I go, you cannot come. Where is he going? He's going to the Father. That's righteousness. And in John 16, Jesus said, there's a day when I'm glorified with this glory, with the Father's own self, with that glory I had before, I laid it aside, become a man. I'm going to take it all back. And that, that glory that I laid aside, I'm taking it all back. And then at that time, they will know that I am God. I am set down with the Father in that throne. And all will know that I am God. That's the whole revelation of Jesus Christ. And the judgments of God in the last days will reveal there's only one, Jesus only, that that is that God Almighty, the Father of glory. Well, they, they said, where is he going? Will he kill himself? Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away. If I don't go away to my Father, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, will not come. Why? Because he is the Holy Ghost. He is that Spirit. Notice that Jesus said, while he was in the days of his flesh, with his disciples, he said, now I'm going to pray the Father to send another comforter, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. The world can't see it. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, walking with you, and shall be in you. Key word, next sentence, next statement Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Not the comforter, not another person. Jesus, the comfort of the Holy Ghost, I, Jesus, the comfort of the Holy Ghost, I will come to you. Why? Because the glory laid aside, he's taking it all back, and then he's coming, Christ in you, the Spirit of God. But he's got to be glorified back. He laid it aside to become a man, he's taking it all back. And when he does, then that Christ in you is the hope of glory. And that's the reason Jesus, they said out of your, Jesus said out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Which was not yet given. Why not? 
because Jesus was not yet glorified. Glorified with what? The Father's own self, the Spirit, so he could send it. Now God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son. Why didn't say the Spirit of his Father? Because it's through the Son that you get the Spirit. It's bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. The office of the Son of God is the only redemption office there is. The Son of God died for you. You're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. The outward man's perishing. But that inward man renewed after Christ Jesus, that's the one that's growing up into him in all things, in all truth, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus wasn't yet glorified. Why? Because he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And that is Jesus in Matthew 16. Jesus says, some of you standing right here shall not taste of death. Do you see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom? What's the kingdom? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, obviously Judas Iscariot wasn't there. He hung himself and his bowels uh, gushed out. But most of them were still alive. And on the day of Pentecost, they saw the Son of Man coming in his kingdom, the kingdom of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. They saw it on the day of Pentecost and much were still alive. Some of you standing here shall not taste of death until you see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. What do they see? Christ in you, the hope of glory. How'd they know it? Because they then had Christ in them with the outward evidence of speaking in other tongues. And then the signs followed them that believe in my name, the body of Christ. There, the body of Christ is what he's praying, praying for. You're the Father in John 17. He says, and, O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee. Notice in John uh, 8, it comes on down to verse 24. Where are you going, Jesus? Are you going to kill yourself? We can't follow you where you go. Jesus said, I go where I go. You can't come. They didn't understand it. So Jesus stated it very plainly without any equivocation. John 8, 24. Except, the question is, where's your father? Jesus stated, except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Whew. Quite a profound statement. If we do not believe it, Jesus is the father, not a second person of the Godhead, but is the father of glory, that it, he said, we will die in our sins regardless of what we've said, regardless of what we claim, if we do not understand that Jesus is the Father of glory and known that Father, we shall die in our sins. In John 8, 27, this they understood not that he spake to them of the Father, capital M. They still do not understand it today with Trinity religion, with binary Two-ness or oneness doctrine where they say the man's not God. It's totally the tradition of the elders that made the word of God to not affect. Are we against any of these religions? Of course not. We're for the truth. Not against anybody. We're for the truth. And God's raising that up here in the last days to those that have an ear to hear. The last book in the word of God is the revelation of Jesus Christ to show us his truth, to reveal him that he is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, 
which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. There's not another. Revelation 1.8. All the judgments of God will will reveal, seals, trumpets, and vows will reveal one thing, that Jesus Christ alone is God. There's not another. There's only one throne in heaven. Not two, not three, but one. And we'll know it then. He says here, the last one, verse 26. I and I have declared unto them thy name, your name, Father. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. What's the name of the Lord? The name of the Father. What's the name of the Father? The same of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. What is that singular name? What's the revealed name of God? What's the blood name of God? What's the only name of God that will save you? Jesus. And Jesus said, I have manifested your name, which is Jesus. In the name, which do what you do intend to preach this man's name, you do intend to bring his blood upon us. Someone said, God didn't have blood. Yes, he did in the days of his flesh. Acts 20, 28, take heed to yourselves and over all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he, God himself, hath purchased with his own blood. And right here, he said, I, Jesus said, I've declared your name and will declare it that the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them and I in them. What's the glory? Well, the glory that God will share with no one. He will not give his praise to graven images. He alone is God. But we're one with the man, Christ Jesus. We're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. And we're made to sit together in heavenly places in him. And we can see the glory of the Father now through him. Because he has sat down with the Father in his own, and he said, now where I am, that they may see my glory, the glory of the Father. And that is that we will never be God, we'll never be that spirit, but we will be adopted sons and daughters of God. And we find that in Romans 8, the whole creation, moaneth and groaneth and pain to be delivered into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. And not only they, but we also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, do groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption. The adoption, what is the adoption? To wit, which is the redemption of our bodies. Our vile body will be fashioned like unto his glorious body, whereby he's able to subdue all things unto himself. We're not fashioned, we're not his spirit. God is spirit. We'll never be the Spirit of God. We'll never be the Word. We'll never be the Holy Ghost. But we will be sons and daughters of God. We will behold His kingdom, His honor, His glory, His power. And that is how we, as the body of Christ, receive the same glory that Jesus had in the days of His flesh. That Jesus offered Himself through the Spirit of God through the eternal spirit of God, showing us the way, the truth, and the light, and what glory we can obtain with an open face, beholding as in a glass 
the glory, what? Our glory? No, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Well, if this has struck a chord with you, the Spirit bearing witness with your spirit, we'd love to hear from you. We'd like to be one with you. We'd like to know you. God's bringing his body into one now. There are many, many of you in Africa, India, uh, Philippines, uh, Australia, New Zealand, all of Nepal. I, I can't mention all. We, we, we're having so many of you that are calling in and messaging, messaging us that we can't, there's so many messages, can't get them to them all, and I apologize. But you're receiving the word of God, and we're praying for you. We're praying for you daily. For the body of Christ is coming into one now in the unity of the faith. Not Pentecost. It's much, much higher than that. Don't be left out. Press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, and you will receive it. You will be glorified with what? With the glory that God had in the days of his flesh. We'll never be God. Don't fall for that. But we will be sons and daughters of God. We will be adopted sons and daughters of God through the spirit of adoption. And we will call him Lord. And we will follow him whithersoever he goes. We will be the body of the Christ in the new Jerusalem as a bride adorned for her husband. That's a great glory, uh, how great a calling, a high calling of God in Christ that we have. Thanks be unto God for his inestimable gift and praise and glory that he has allowed us to be a partaker of his divine nature. Well, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Let us uh, hear from you. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can message us over the internet sites, the websites, uh, DennisBeard.org, SealingGodsPeople.org, SealingGodsPeople.com. And we want to thank you for all your prayerful support and your financial donations that you give to us whereby we're able to keep the podcast coming to you over the air. We want to thank God for you. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.